Welcome to Postpartum Stories with Steph, candid conversations with mums and sometimes dads about the precious yet chaotic time that is life after birth. My name is Steph, woman, warrior, wife, mother, coffee lover and feminist. I'm a postpartum doula in Melbourne and you can find me on Instagram at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph with a PH. Through this podcast, I will chat to women and birthing people in a real and raw way about their postpartum experience. So sit back, grab a cuppa, even if it's cold, take off your bra and enjoy. Welcome to episode 20 of Postpartum Stories with Steph. Today's episode is a little bit different. You're stuck with me for this one. Um, it's a QA uh, podcast that I have organized with people on my Instagram asking specific questions and me going through and answering them. So there's only going to be about four or five questions. It's not going to be a super long podcast, but I still think that you will get a lot out of it. Before I get started, I just want to quickly let you know that bookings for 2021 are officially open for my postpartum work. You can download um, what I offer via my website, which is www.postpartumwithsteph.com. But I just quickly want to run you through the packages that I offer really briefly. So I've got one, I've got three packages. Um, the best one, which is obviously the best one, <laughs> and it's got a range of um, pre and postnatal visits, unlimited text and voice message support up until 12 weeks postpartum, access to um, a breastfeeding education video series, one week's worth of nutritious uh, postpartum specific meals, and an SOS digital appointment in the first 12 months um, via Zoom. The next package is called The Good One. So it's not quite the best, but it's still pretty good. (laughs) And that includes a range of pre and postnatal appointments, text message support, and the breastfeeding video series. And then I've got the online one, which is self-explanatory. If you're not um, in Melbourne or in the area that I um, service, if you're international, you can book this one with me. Um, It's all conducted via Zoom. Um, again, a pre, a range of pre and postnatal uh, Zoom calls and text and voice message support as well. So those are the three best ways you can work with me. I've already got a booking for February, so things are happening in 2021. Um, if you are pregnant and thinking about having some postpartum doula support, please um, have a look at my website, see what I'm about. And if you're vibing, download my packages and let's have a chat. Even if there's something there that you're not quite seeing that you would like, let me know and we'll see if we can tailor something to suit you. Let's get into today's episode. So as I mentioned in the intro, today's episode is a Q&A with me with some questions sent in by some of my lovely Instagram followers um in relation to postpartum so the first question is it's a good one they're all good ones (laughs) how to prepare in pregnancy to build the postpartum that you want 
Um, this is such a good question because we need to be looking at postpartum on its own separately to pregnancy and birth. Um, and in order to create the postpartum that we desire, we need to give it some thought. The first thing that I would say on this is to be really clear on the postpartum that you want and don't plan for something that doesn't feel right to you. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of different postpartum um, practices and methods. There's the, 40 day, uh, the first 40 days, um, the slow postpartum, all these beautiful ways of um, experiencing this time. But if you're the sort of person that wants to be outside and wants fresh air and wants social interaction, then don't feel pressure to prepare for a 40-day lie in bed <laughs> because that's going to drive you insane. Um, be really clear about what you want. Maybe you just want a two or three week period at home where you're not doing a lot, where you're taking things really slow. Maybe you'd be happy to have some visitors quite early on. Maybe you want to stagger those visits a little bit. Just sort of write down what your ideal postpartum looks like and then you can start to put the plans um, together and the practices together in place to create that. If you've had a baby before, my guesses are, that you are probably pretty clear on what you want your postpartum to look like. And I think for a lot of um, second time mothers, uh, putting some boundaries in place is really important to create the postpartum that you want and putting these boundaries in place um, when you're pregnant, not waiting until it's too late. And this is applicable to new mums or to first time mums as well. Um, really just sitting down and having a think about how I want to experience, let's say the first six weeks or the first 12 weeks. Um, do you want multiple visitors coming to your house every day? Are there certain family members that you wouldn't particularly want around you in that time? Um, get really clear on that, like I said earlier, but in terms of setting boundaries and expectations, um, what I would recommend is creating a little document that outlines um, what you expect from visitors and email it to them ahead of time. This doesn't have to be like a, you know, a really intense kind of document, like this is what I want. And if you don't do it, you can F off. Like what I mean, like make it fun. So letting them know that you know, this is a really important time for me and my partner and we're, we, we want to limit visits to an hour just to honour our time and our space and our energy. So limiting visitors to an hour or a time that suits you. Um, telling visitors not to comment on how you look, whether it's a compliment or whether they're going to say something negative, which I hope doesn't happen for anyone. Um, just putting that in that little document um, and making it clear that you don't want to know from other people what you look like right now, whether that's positive or whether it's not. No comments on how I look, okay? That's important. <laughs> um, telling visitors to bring a meal. This should sort of go without saying, but a lot of people just don't like, yeah, um, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people just don't bring stuff with them when it's really easy for them to put something together for you. Um, so yeah, just letting them know that if they are going to visit, you would like for them to bring something to you and let them know what your favorite foods are, or if you have any dietary re requirements. Um, and I'm not saying like you need a five course, you know, degustation 
with fancy foie gras and whatnot. Like it can be as simple as just, you know, a nice kind of pasta bake or vegetable lasagna or whatever it is, just something simple or a snack. Um, if they can bring it with them, that would be great. Um, not letting visitors cuddle your baby if that's your wish. It is so, so normal to feel this biological attachment to your baby um, in those first few days and weeks. Um, and it's so normal to not want other people to hold them. And it's, you know, it's totally with, you're totally within your rights to let people know that you don't feel comfortable with the baby being held by 50 different people in a day. Um, obviously, I'm being a, a bit um, exaggerating a little bit, but yeah um just letting people know how you feel about them having cuddles and if you're happy with that then go for it but if it's not something you're up for you're totally within your rights to make that clear so the next question is a great one and it is how to create or tips to create your village um Okay, let's break this down a little bit. <laughs> because not everyone has a huge family or a huge friend support network, um, there are little things that you can do to try and boost your village. Um, so the first one I will say is find family and friends who will support you. Now, if you've got a family member that you know is really unreliable, um, hasn't taken much interest in your pregnancy or just hasn't really been a part of your life, if it's a, an auntie or a cousin um, that you think, you know, maybe they could be a part of things, but really they haven't been that supportive in the past, scrap them off your list. Um, you don't need people, you don't need to be vulnerable and ask for help and have people say no. So what I want you to do is really think about um, the family and friends who will support you. Um, and there will be people. Have a think about other family members that have got small children who know what it's like to go through postpartum, who you've got a good relationship with and who you trust. And the same goes for friends. Um, any friend that has children uh, will understand the difficulties of going through postpartum and the importance of having um, that support network. So have a think about that. Um, speak to them ahead of your birth and let them know exactly what it is you want. Like rather than saying... I'm really worried that I'm going to be really sleep deprived. Say to, let's, for example, your mother, can you come over every Tuesday for three hours between 11 and 12, uh, 11 and 12, that's not three hours, 11 and two. Um, and the expectation would be that you take the baby um, and I'm going to go to bed and rest for that three hour period. Um, yeah, be really clear about what it is you want from people. Maybe it's not that intensive. Maybe you just want um, a friend to come over for an hour so that you can have a shower, get dressed um, and try and feel a bit human. Maybe it's that you want um, some friends and family to drop off uh, meals to you, but you don't necessarily want them hanging around all day. So um, there are ways to put that in place. The other thing um, I would say is get to know your neighbours. If you've um, noticed that you've seen, you know, other mums around pushing prams and dads pushing prams or at playgrounds um, and you know that they live near you, it could be a next door neighbour that you've just never spoken to. But you've got a really good opportunity here to sort of 
um, make some eye contact and just, you know, have a, it doesn't have to be an awkward experience, but just say hello, um, let them know that you're expecting, you know, ask them how old their children are and just kind of start to have a few conversations because that can be really helpful in postpartum if you just want some connection with someone um, or if you just need to get out of the house for half an hour and you can send a text to your neighbor and say, hey, do you wanna have a cup of tea? Can I come and see you? Do you wanna take the kids to the playground? That can be really helpful. So if you feel comfortable doing that, then that's something that I would recommend. Um, another thing would be um, to find your people in uh, local um, mums Facebook groups. Um, I know I mentioned this in the boundary um, question, but I just want to go into this a little bit more. So um, not you don't necessarily... I don't necessarily recommend just connecting with people because they are mothers. I want you to find people who you're going to connect with on another level as well. So by, by that, I mean going into one of these Facebook groups and saying, hi, my name is Steph. Um, I'm due in August uh, next year. I'm really looking to connect with some local mums. Here's five things about me. And you can say, I'm just going to make this up, but um, I'm a singer, <laughs> I love this kind of music, um, or I'm really into social justice issues, um, I'm really into supporting um, refugee rights, I'm really, whatever it is that is you, let them know because that's how you're going to find your people. You don't want to connect with someone and catch up with them for coffee and then have them make like some really awkward statement about how they just love Donald Trump because <laughs> chances are you don't and that's not your person. So just make it subtly clear <laughs> who you are and what you're about. Um, meal prep ahead of birth. So stock your freezer and pantry with nourishing foods and one-handed snacks. Um, so things that are going to nourish you things that are going to make you feel good and give you some energy. Um, I really don't want you lathering white bread with Nutella <laughs> to eat every single day. If that's something that's going to make you happy, that's fine. Eat it. <laughs> but, um, you know, stocking your pantry and freezer with things like um, nuts, fruit, um, veggie sticks, hummus, making some bliss balls and freezing them, um, Googling a few postpartum um, dinner recipes and making those ahead of time in, in big batches so that ideally you've got stuff stocked up for um, six weeks. I know that sounds like a lot of food, but, you know, when you've got a new baby and if you've got other children, it's so good to be able to grab that stuff and just microwave it and off you go. Um, the other thing I would recommend is to organize a meal train. And this is a really great one um, for, you know, if you're in Melbourne right now during COVID and lockdown, um, you can't really have people coming inside your house. So organizing a meal train where people um, sign up to, um, and they pick a date uh, to drop off a hot meal to your door. So they don't come in, they don't even have to knock, they can just let you know, I'm going to be dropping this off at 6pm. Um, and you'll basically have a schedule of meals um, coming to you within those sort of first six weeks. And you can sort of organise it to 
not have something dropped off every single day because then you might be getting, you know, too much food and you don't want stuff going to waste, but maybe sort of um, scheduling things for every two to three days can be really helpful. Um, the other thing I would say in creating your village is knowing how long your partner is going to be home from work with you and allowing more time than you think that you need. Um, we're often, I guess, because in Australia, our government gives us, it gives our partners two weeks of um, paid leave. We kind of assume that two weeks is all we need. Um, when you speak to most women and birthing people, that's just not enough time, especially if that two weeks um, includes the time from birth. So you could be in hospital for example, for five or six days. Um, you could be in labour for two days and then be in hospital for four or five days. And then by the time you get home, you've got less than a week left with your partner. So really trying to find um, ways to have that extra leave. Um, maybe that's um, saving up some money ahead of time to, if you know, you need to take unpaid leave depending on where you work and what you're entitled to. Um, I would definitely recommend sort of um, saving up a pool of money for that time if you are if you have a partner that is going to have to take unpaid leave just so you don't have that financial pressure on you. The last thing I'll say in creating a village <laughs> um, goes without saying is hire a postpartum doula um, but obviously not everyone can so um, but that is just something I'll put out there because um, we can make a world of difference in that space. My next question is how to manage a newborn and a toddler on your own. I don't know the, um, the ins and outs of this question, whether or not this question is coming from someone who's going to be a single parent um, or whether they mean once their partner is back at work. Um, but the first thing I would say is, well, the first thing I want to ask is, are you completely alone or is that a story you're telling yourself? Now, it might be the case that you are a single parent, you don't have any family or friends nearby and you're completely isolated. Um, and if that is the case, I will ask you to go and listen to the question before this one about building a village um, because that would be quite helpful in this circumstance. Um, but if it's a situation where you, you think that you're alone but you do have some people that you might be able to ask for help, um, have a think about getting comfortable asking for help because I know that that can be really scary especially if you've asked and you've been rejected in the past you know it can be really vulnerable asking for help um, and especially for mothers it can make us feel like maybe like that we're failing if we're asking for help or we're not good enough if we're asking for help but I want you to try and put all of that aside and um, and really know that most people want to help you and most people aren't judging you for, ask, for asking for help. So get comfortable asking for help from people who love you, from friends and family and neighbours and community. Um, find those people. I guess this question kind of feeds into the previous two about finding your people. Get on those Facebook groups, get in those local mum groups, um, ask someone out for a coffee. I don't know if the person who asked this question is pregnant or already has the newborn and the toddler, but if you're pregnant, maybe, um, you know, put the feelers out for any mothers of toddlers who would like to catch up for a coffee. Again, make it clear 
who you are and what you're about so you're not having coffee with Trump supporters. <laughs> um, and that way you're kind of um, already preparing for when your baby arrives because you'll have some people in your life who you might be able to text and ask them to come over or go and catch up with them. Um, that's one aspect of this question. Um, the other thing I would say is to delegate where you can. So, um, you know, can the toddler be in daycare for one or two days a week or for what, however many days you feel comfortable so that you can rest with the baby? Um, are you in a financial situation to hire help? So that might be a postpartum doula. It might be a cleaner that comes and tidies. So that's one less thing that you need to be worrying about. It might be a babysitter that can take your toddler out for a couple of hours um, if you don't have childcare available. Um, is there a family member that can come and entertain the toddler while you get some rest? Um, have a think about you know, who, who you can rely on to delegate some, some things out to or who you can potentially hire to help you. Um, so I guess as well with this question is rather than sort of framing it as I don't have any help or I'm on my own, flip it around to how can I get help or who can help me? Because I think that that's really going to um, make the difference in in having some better outcomes. Um, the other thing I would say, uh, if you are pregnant, if a newborn hasn't yet arrived and you've got a bit of time up your sleeve, preparing activities for the toddler um, to do in those first few days and weeks. So it might be, I don't know, <laughs> I have a toddler and I know how hard it is to, to entertain them sometimes, but it might just be, okay, on Monday mornings, we're going to go, we're going to walk to a local playground. I'll have the newborn in the stroller or I'll be baby wearing um, and the toddler can play and get all their toddler energy out and, um, and then we'll go home and that's what we're going to do on Monday mornings. Um, or it might be some craft activities for the toddler, um, joining a toy library and getting some new toys or um, some outdoor um, play um, equipment that you can get from toy libraries, which is usually a pretty financially um, good option. <laughs> um, and the other thing I would recommend is baby wearing. So um, but we know babies love to sleep on their mothers. They love to be held and comforted. Um, so if you've got a baby that doesn't want to be put down, um, baby wearing is probably going to be your best friend, especially if you've got a toddler to entertain as well. It means you're going to have two spare hands um, and it means that you're going to be able to move around a lot as well. So whether that's walking to the playground with a toddler or going to the library um, rhyme time or just, you know, sitting at home and doing something together. It just, it's just going to give you that little bit more freedom. So this is my final question for this episode. Um, and it's a good one. How to prepare yourself holistically, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So there's a lot in this question. So I'm going to unpack it one by one. Um, and also, I guess, because I don't specifically know um, what this person means, um, you know, physically, I mean, physically can mean so many different things. So I'm just going to answer it the way that I interpret it. Um, so first off, physically, uh, 
know that your body is going to look and feel different for a while and that that's okay and to remove any pressure to look a certain way your body is what it is and it has just done the most incredible thing of growing a human being and birthing a human being whether you had a natural vaginal birth whether you had a cesarean birth it doesn't matter you've just done something phenomenal um, and the last thing that your body needs is for you to hate it, basically. I know that sounds really harsh, but if you think of your body as its own person that's just done these incredible things, the last thing you would want to do is berate it for what it looks like. So just really go gently on yourself around um, how you're feeling and how you look. Um now, in terms of physical health, if you're feeling um, if you're feeling sore, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling um, physically not well, then my biggest thing would be to hire professional help. Um, so whether you need um, some physio from a sore muscle, or sore back, or some osteo, um, getting on top of those things before they become really severe problems and you know a lot of the time when you're in early postpartum and you're breastfeeding a lot you might not be having the best posture you might be hunching over and things are, you know it's very common for things to get sore so getting some professional um, relief and assistance in that area and that also includes stuff like a women's health physio if you're having any pelvic floor core issues um getting the right help for that early on is really important. And if you're just looking for, you know, a postpartum massage, something to make you feel really nice physically, um, then that's something that's available to you as well. Um, the other thing I would say is to eat well. So to look after your body, to nourish your body. Um, like I said earlier, try and avoid the Nutella spread on white bread um, and snack on things that are going to fuel you because, you're breastfeeding, you're sleep deprived, um, your energy is just going to take quite a dive. So um, really replenishing your system with things that are going to be beneficial to it. Um, now, in terms of emotionally and mentally, I'm kind of combining the two because I feel like they do go hand in hand. So accepting and understanding in pregnancy that it's going to be different in postpartum from what you might expect. Um, and it could be influenced by the type of birth that you had. So if in pregnancy, you've got this view that, you know, your baby's going to arrive and it's all going to be blissful and beautiful and you're going to be so in love, that may very well happen for you. And, you know, it happens. It's very common. <laughs> but I guess just having some real, realistic expectations about um, how birth affects uh, postpartum mentally and emotionally. If you've had a really traumatic birth, then you might be dealing with that quite early on, or, you know, it might be something that you are able to kind of push aside until, you know, months or years down the track as many women experience. But um it can have that immediate impact on your postpartum where you're, you might be grieving the loss of the birth that you wanted. Um, you might be feeling really uncomfortable about some things that have happened to you. Um, that is all completely valid um, and can, can impact your postpartum. So I would prepare 
to talk about how you're feeling with someone, debrief all of the feelings, debrief your, debrief your birth. And that doesn't have to be with um, a professional. That can be with your partner or a close family friend. Um, talk about it as much as you want and as much as you feel comfortable. I felt like I was talking about my birth constantly with my partner. And when I reflect back on that, that was my way of coping and um, working through it. So debriefing is so important. I would also say to read up on the hormonal shift that's going to be happening in your body to better understand it. So this is something you can do in pregnancy. Um, There's a lot of really great articles around um, what's going to be happening to your body hormonally after your placenta leaves the body, after you start producing milk. Um, There's a big shift in your hormones. And so that can affect you emotionally and mentally because that might, you know, you probably have heard of the baby blues, which is something that um, typically hits women around day three, day four, day five, um, where you might be crying about your cup of tea not being hot enough, or you might be crying about something, you know, that is a little bit more serious than that. Um, And understanding that it's because of what is going on with you hormonally can make the difference in how you cope with it. So being aware of that is really important. Um, Knowing that it's okay if you don't feel immediate joy, um, that it's normal to not feel immediate joy or love. Um, And likewise, knowing that it's normal to feel completely high and so in love. Um, You know, this part of postpartum can be very... um, varied and it really just depends on you know how you birthed your baby um and what's going on with your hormones um and it's something that you can't really plan for because you don't know how um, things are going to unfold for you necessarily so just being aware that if you don't feel that immediate joy that that's okay and if you feel overjoyed and you're scared about how much you love this little thing then that's okay too Um, And my number one would be to ask for professional help if you feel that you need it. Um, Even if you just want to talk to someone that's, you know, outside of your friends or family, um, Panda is a really great resource. Um, There's lots of um, great resources in Australia. Beyond Blue is another one. If you just want to talk to someone or if you actually want to go and see someone, then, um, you know, visit your GP and find someone that specialises in, um, you know, any postnatal mood Um, issues that can be really helpful too and don't feel shame around that because it's so common and you need to look after yourself to be able to look after your baby Um, now spiritually I find this one difficult to answer because I guess spiritually it depends on what you believe in what you practice um, what's important to you spiritually so um, this sort of question I find difficult to answer for me personally Um, I would kind of think about just taking time to reflect, um, maybe to meditate, uh, maybe practice some mindfulness um, to connect me back to my spiritual side. But yeah, that question, that part of the question has kind of stumped me a little bit because um, I guess it really depends on spiritually what you practice. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please come over and say hi on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, My handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. That's where I'll be sharing podcast episode updates too. Hope to chat to you soon.